Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunts, Brian Christopherson. It is Masters Week. Everyone here gets a green jacket in the uh, the CBS satellite offices. Uh, have you guys made sure that yours fits? You, you need to get it tailored at all, Brunts? Uh, yeah, the the whole pandemic thing. I've, I've put on some uh, some lbs, so I need to get. They got to let the the back out a little bit, or else I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna like Chris Farley this thing. How many steps a day did you go up in the pandemic? Because you were averaging about thirty thousand steps a day. Did you get to fifty? No, I, uh, I I went the other way. Really? Because I, I just assumed that you would have just made it a, a bigger emphasis to get more steps. No, I did not. I did not at all. So disappointing. Yeah. Very disappointing. You were, you're among the nation's leaders in steps per day. (laughs) I think I've had to give that title back. He's a fast stepper too, as Schaefer and I know. Brunt will walk, Brunt will walk away from you. If you're, if you're walking with him somewhere, you're not going to keep up. I think he's insulted by the phrase long strider because he strides even further than those people. That's true. I like more it. of a long, more of a long strider than Xavier Betts, even. Or I mean, guys who make it look easy, Brun, that's Brunt. Yeah, I'm just like a torso with legs over here. All right. Well, I mean, sorry. I was just looking at. Uh, I was looking at Masters odds. Yeah, it's Masters week, as mentioned. I, <laughs> it's gonna be tough for BC because he doesn't have his boy Ricky. He doesn't have his boy Tiger. He does K- have his boy Patrick Reed, though. So is, K- is KJ Choi still like a contender anymore? No, he's out. Let me okay. let me throw a couple names at you to see if you guys would be willing to to throw like ten bucks down. So you you can get Ian Woosnam at four thousand to one right now to win the Masters. I mean, you got to at least put like five bucks down, right? No. Here here's another here's another name that he's not going to win, but he he's an impressive player when he gets going is Jimmy Walker. I, I followed Jimmy Walker at the old Cox classic uh, over at uh, Eagle run for a couple of days, like a decade and a half ago, but you can get him at 400 to one. He, uh, he really needs to play well because he's in his last year of an exemption. Mm-hmm. So this is his, uh, this is his last chance. Yeah. You get, uh, get Adam Scott at 66 to one who, who do you who do you guys actually think is going to win um what's Tony Finau's odds 33 to one all right that'd be a good play give me Tony Finau that'd be worth you get a little something back in return do you want a you want a long shot or you want a, a guy that I I think has the, the real chance of winning well I mean I'll take both well I think the the guy that I'm going to end up financially backing here this this week is going to be Patrick Cantlay um I think he's really good number 10 player in the world and he plays that course pretty well so I I like him I think it's odds are what 25 25 to 1 according to this he's 22 to 1 22 to 1 so those aren't I mean those are those are not you know great odds compared to Spieth and and Dustin Johnson and John Rahm and Justin Thomas but uh, they're still probably in the, the top 10 range. And then if you're going to go further down the list, where is Daniel Berger? 
He's uh he's right near uh near BC's boy Finau at thirty three to one. Yeah, I would I would sprinkle a little cash on Daniel Berger. He's having a career <laughs> resurgence. He's been very good. He won the what did he win? He won the Pebble Beach earlier this year. He's played well in other tournaments. Um, so I I think Berger might be uh, worth a look as well. Sprinkle a little cash sounds like such a professional gambler line. Yeah, just just a little. <laughs> it's like the Salt Bay guy, just like just a little little cash here and there. Well, I've had Alan Bell on my show multiple times. Our friend Alan Bell from Sportsline, and that's I think that's one of his phrases. So I I pick he up a little it. bit. I I probably gamble too much at this point. I am still hurting from the beatdown that Baylor put on Gonzaga and on what had been a pretty financially successful stretch for me in March Madness until I loaded up on the, uh, on the Zags. All right. I, I, uh, here's my pick. I, I, I think a sneaky one might be Lee Westwood at 30 to one. I don't, I don't think he's going to win it, but I think he's going to be, he'll be around. And, I think I pick him pretty much every time, but I think DJ is still my guy. Even after he won last year? Yeah. It, the thing that's going to get really annoying is if Spieth is like within a breath of the leader, the the top spot at any point on the weekend. Not a Spieth guy. It's it's. I think it's just going to be a little bit of a, a dead horse situation. They're going to beat that one to death. They're going to be really excited about it. That uh, you know, he's he was left for dead, and he has he has come back to prove that he's a live dog. The uh, the other the other hot buy would be potentially VJ Singh at a thousand to one. So jump on that. I enjoyed watching him watch Bryson DeChambeau uh, swimming as fast and as hard as he possibly could today. He I can't watch Bryson swing a golf club. It just makes my back hurt. <laughs> I I spent fifty bucks on Bryson DeChambeau in the auction that I had, so I wasn't that wasn't the strategy going in, and then I just ended up with him. So then you got to root for him. him. That's the problem. Yeah, it's uh, uh, I ended up with Patrick Cantlay too, so I'm okay with it. All right, should we talk football? There's we can talk about football. I think I think we we've fulfilled our company wide obligation to talk about the Masters, which you can watch on CBS uh, this weekend. People and, Par- and Paramount Plus. Yeah, Paramount Plus. You can get all the action on Paramount Plus. I watched a SpongeBob movie on Paramount Plus. It wasn't bad, actually. No, I never took you for a SpongeBob guy. Not really. I mean, I'm not really, but I just started watching and I ended up finishing it. It had Keanu Reeves making a guest and Snoop Dogg. But anyway, I don't. I don't want to sidetrack us again. Well, no, you can't just weasel out of this. How did you get to the point where you're like, I'm going to watch this movie about a TV show that came out when I was in college? It was one of the top like five things up there, and I just got it like on my set, and I was like, I never really watched it, so I started kind of had it in the background, and it wasn't like I was dialed in like it was, uh, you know. Uh, Pulp Fiction, but uh, I uh, I did watch it. It wasn't bad. When is your review going to hit the website? <laughs> I probably shouldn't have even said this out loud that I watched it, but so I think I'll just leave it at that. I, I saw, I did see it. It was in the background. It wasn't bad. Okay. 
right. Well, we can we can move on. You know who else you saw? You, you saw Adrian Martinez this week for the first <laughs> time since uh, what December when he was rolling over Rutgers in one of the weirder performances that you will see with his multi turnovers and his multi touchdowns. What did you take away from both Adrian Martinez and Mario Verduzco, who spoke as well to the media? Quarterbacks, obviously, always a big conversation, but no question Adrian's a starter. Still a lot of questions people have about quarterbacks in this offense. So, Yeah. Uh, get rid of the freaking turnovers. That was the, that was the main takeaway. So uh, Mario Verduzco just said what everybody's been thinking. Um Adrian Martinez said the same thing. He talked a little bit about his fumble woes, which uh, have been pretty consistent. You know, last year, I think he had seven. He had seven and lost five in just over like six games played. So that's not good. And I agree with him. He was talking about how a lot of his fumbles come from kind of fighting for those extra yards. And when you think back to a bunch of them, that is, there, that, there is truth to that. Not all of them, but there's a good number where he's trying to get those extra couple yards and he's got two or three guys punching it at it and something bad happens. So I think there was sort of a, he was sort of leaning on the idea that, you know, maybe you got to be a little smarter when to go down in certain cases and, and not fight for, you know, one extra foot uh, if it's going to mean losing the football. So uh, that's part of it. I thought like just looking at him and I don't know, you probably saw him Schaefer, he, he looked pretty lean. Um, he's, he's down in weight a little bit, not a ton, but I think he's a little bit more like his freshman physique, maybe a little bit bigger, but definitely not like the guy we saw two years ago when he was so bulked up. And I think some people think he maybe lost half a step. I would say that maybe is the case. And I think he'd agree with that. So he kind of wants to get that burst back and he's feeling pretty good about where his body's at. And he didn't have surgery this off season after the year, even though he's pretty banged up. So he doesn't have that repair going on right now where he's trying to get over rehab. So I, I think, I think he's in a good spot as far as his physical health. You mentioned the the size and I, I don't know that I noticed a whole lot there because I, I haven't seen him in person in a while. And so that was, that was kind of, be hard for me to I guess completely be able to go back to what he looked like and say the spring of 2019 but the thing that did stand out to me and this is this is sort of a well duh observation but it also kind of speaks to what it's been like for the last year or so he struck me as old he struck me like he you know like he's you remember what he like first looked like when he got here and then it's it's he's been here now this is his fourth spring he's a veteran of this team I mean he's just He's old. He's he's where, you know, he's at the end of the line, basically, so to speak, uh, with his time at Nebraska. And and I don't know why, but that struck me more than than what I would have been prepared for going into the day. And I uh, I don't know what either of you want to do with that. But that was like one of the weird observations I took out of Monday. Did he did he seem more mature? Is that possible? Like, I don't know. I you know, I don't want to I don't want to necessarily phrase it like that, but like. It's just it's it's uh, he also he seemed very comfortable in a weird way. I don't know if that has to to do with sort of the situation. Like you know, there's nobody breathing down his neck. He's not worried about losing his job. He's already lost his job and already brought it back. I mean, I, I just I just uh, 
I just got the sense that like he he has aged into that job. Like there's a there's a comfort level that I don't want people to mistake what I'm saying for complacency, but I I think he knows the expectation of himself. Now it's just a matter of going out and having to go and do it, which is the difficult part. You're saying when he's not practicing on the weekends, he's running over to Home Depot to to get some things for some house projects. He's is he's he's that kind of age. He's he's at the the restless uh, you know middle <laughs> life age where there's always another home project that can be done, and you always carry around that uh, WD forty can hitched to your your belt because you never know when you're gonna have to spray something. Yeah, well, I I get what you're saying though. He he. Uh... He, he was very comfortable up there. I think he held court for about 15 minutes. Yeah, he talked uh, more than Ryan Held did, and he might have talked more than, than Mario Verduzco did. Or yeah. And, it, and, I mean, it was it came a couple of days after the video um, he, he had that I think people liked it because it – I mean, he just basically – he said in that video it's a make or break year. And he did say on Monday he was talking about the team really in that not just himself I mean he's he's definitely part of that but uh he I I don't think he's backing down from that thought at all that this is a this is a you got this season has to go somewhere for Oscar football and he knows he's got to be the catalyst so uh he's kind of put it all out there even in that video Saturday and I think he had a, a solid press conference Monday and I have a feeling now he sort of drifts off into the distance actually this spring. I, I just sort of think it's going to become about um, Harburg and Smothers and where they're at. And if they're at a place enough that Nebraska feels like they don't have to get another quarterback or not, because I think after this initial Martinez thing, don't you agree that most people are probably going to say, okay, let's, let's just see what happens now in the fall. I mean, I think we're kind of that point. Probably the biggest. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I completely agree. And, and, um, you know, that's, that's, that's what this spring is. You got that weird kind of uh, microcosm of you have a very veteran group on the defense and then at quarterback, and then you have a whole lot of unknown at, at running back and at wide receiver. And that's what they have to figure out this spring. And, and no one wants to take anyone's word for it because people feel like they've been burned in the past. And so uh, I'll be curious what the attitude of this message board is on, on say May 2nd when they see some of these parts for the first time. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I'm curious to see what I'm going to think on May 2nd, because, you know, do we see, you know, not, not just personnel wise, but I mean, do we see the kind of progress that everybody says that they want to make towards having a more downhill running attack? Do they, you know, those types of things are, a big piece I think of the Adrian Martinez conversation is, is can you, yes, can he fix the turnover issues, the fumbles, everything else, but at the same time, like Nebraska has to get right around him in in a pretty big way this spring. And that that's, I mean, that's as much part of the conversation about Adrian Martinez. And I, I, I agree that I think that, you know, now that Adrian's talked, I mean, he's not really being pushed um, in terms of, you know, potentially losing a starting job. We're not going to know with any kind of certainty if the turnover stuff is taken care of until they roll the ball out there in, in August. So, you know, I think the conversation becomes more of, you know, what do the wide receivers look like? Do the, is the running game there? You know, do they have a right guard? Those, time, those kinds of conversations that 
I think are just as important that, that have as a, a huge impact on Adrian and what this last year looks like for him. Speaking of running backs, um, segue, you, you were around Ryan held. What were the main takeaways Schaefer? Well, I, I think that if we did, you know, if you guys remember the glory years of the early blogs people had in, in like, let's say 2007, 2008, off to the side, there'd just be like that, that word cloud. And it would show you how often a word is being used. No word is going to be used more by anyone in Nebraska's offense than the word downhill. Greg Austin said it a bunch. Ryan Held said it in the 12 minutes that he talked at least 38 times. And so Nebraska wants to get downhill. They want running backs that can get downhill. Marquise Stepp is certainly someone that they're excited about and they think he can get downhill. And this is a group that, you know, they, they like what they have there. They like, um, they like that they have everyone that's going to contribute for him this fall already this spring. And so uh, I, I think that Ryan held is really intrigued by how things could play out here. I, I wonder if we're actually going to see one guy take and establish himself in this running back room, because I think that Gabe Irvin has shown more than, than maybe what they anticipated. Ronald Tompkins was the first name listed when asked about who's impressed. Marquis step didn't come here to do nothing. And then, of course, you have Sevion Morrison, who didn't get a play at all. You have Ramir Johnson. You have Marvin Scott. And so there's there's all of these guys, and it seems like Nebraska at this point, right now in the spring, there hasn't been much separation. And so uh, everybody's going to have that kind of opportunity as we move forward. And it will be interesting to to kind of to listen to Held, you know, each subsequent time he talks to see if he really gives anything away. But like I said, the – the early feeling I have is that Gabe Irvin is further along and better than maybe they anticipated they were getting. And that is, that's a pretty exciting development because I think Marquis step was taken in part because it could give Gabe Irvin some time. I think he's shown up pretty quickly here and he's going to be one of those borderline. Does he red shirt? Does he not red shirt guys that might just force the issue because he's so good and his attitude meshes really well with what held wants. And that this could be a good, you know, this could be a good partnership. Yeah, he'd be one of the few in the class where if I were to predict right now, guy who won't redshirt to be Gabe Irvin. Um, I'm, I'm not totally surprised that he popped up like he did because I thought as a recruit when you watched him and even when that championship game was aired and I got to see more of him in an actual game, he's, he's such a well-rounded back for a guy coming out of high school. Like he did so many things well that you – you kind of thought he might have uh, a step up the ladder on some other guys who have come into this program in the past, just in that he can do so many different things. And he's kind of a no nonsense runner too. He do, when you watch him, I, I just don't think he has a lot of wasted movement on the stuff you see. And he just, he just finds a way to get the, get the yards that are there and, and move on. And so I, I really, I, I kind of thought he might do something. Are, are you guys, uh, you guys buying a little stock? Yeah. I would. Yeah, I, I definitely am too. I mean, I, I necessarily wasn't until I heard Held kind of talk about them, but you know, I, I just think that they, they like what they've seen so far and that could change. But I, I also think that if you go back and you think with Ryan Held since he's been here, he's pretty direct about where guys kind of stand for him. I mean, there's not a lot of having to read the tea leaves. You knew that Jalen Bradley wasn't going to be a player for him pretty early on. Uh, with, with how he was either talked about or widely ignored 
you you kind of knew where things sat um, for for Greg Bell after the early portion of the season, and then um, all of that. And so I, I just you know when when Ryan Held is asked and he responds directly about what he likes about some of these guys, and you you sit and you read those quotes, and I think on our site tomorrow I'm going to run uh, just his thoughts on on uh, Sevion Morrison, Ramirez Johnson, Ronald Tompkins, and those guys. It it is very uh, apparent to me that he he really likes what he's gotten out of Gabe Irvin. And I think Nebraska is, is excited about that right now. And Marquis step. I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like he's not excited about Marquis step. I think they are there too, but I think Irvin maybe has surprised whereas step, it was expected. Like this is a veteran. This is a guy that he's in his fourth collegiate, you know, season, or he's going to be in his fourth collegiate season. You know, he's been a starter. Like, I think there's an expectation that was set higher and he's met that. And I think they're happy about that. But with Irvin, it was, you never know what you're going to get with a freshman. And they got a guy that I think fits the room, fits what they want really well. What, what did he say about Morrison? Give me a, give us a preview. So Morrison, he basically, he basically talked about how he just never really got a chance to get started last year. Um, and, and because of all of the different things that kind of popped up and, and I think that they're, they like his versatility. Um, he's one of the guys that might be one of the better pass catching running backs out of that room at the moment. And so I, I think you could see him in that regard too. The other guys that we talked about before we finish this segment, you, you, you listen to uh, Bryce Benhart. I listen to Turner Corcoran. What, what Benhart say? I thought the most interesting stuff from Benhart was he felt like his best game happened pretty early in the year with Northwestern. And then he felt like he really struggled against Iowa. That was a game he pinpointed as kind of the low point for him. Overall, he, he was um, – he thought that he played well or at least serviceable. I don't – I can't remember the exact word he used, but said that there was a lot that that he could see on film when he had a chance to look through it that he needed to to kind of improve. He really stuck with the company line of finishing blocks, finishing out plays, um, you know, creating access – that kind of thing. Um, and then the, the most interesting part might've been kind of talking about how he and Turner Corcoran and some of the other guys on the offensive line have really spent some time this off season watching various NFL linemen. He talked about the Baltimore Ravens talked about the San Francisco 49ers, the Colts and what those tackles are doing. And uh, I, I think I, I, you know, just kind of got the sense that he, he got his feet wet last year. He saw what the Big Ten was like, and, and he knows that he has to kind of raise his game. So it wasn't anything earth-shattering, but there's some pretty good confidence there, and it does really seem like Nebraska is going to go into next year with two freshman tackles. I mean, I know Ben Hart's not a traditional freshman anymore, but uh, that's that's what it's going to look like for the Oscars on the outside. Corcoran um... – it's interesting. I just liked his mentality because even though everybody's sort of presuming he's going to be the starter at left tackle, he's, he was definitely clear in saying he's not just assuming that's his. And he, he, he actually mentioned Teddy Prohaska as a guy, um, you know, working for something and, and uh, Nordine New Illy, he comes up everywhere. It feels like they're using him all over the place, but he, but he's getting some work at tackle. And he also mentioned Jimmy Fritchie, uh, as one of the guys he didn't say Brant Banks over there so I don't know exactly 
I don't know exactly where they're using Banks yet. Like, I haven't figured that out, like, where he, he fits in, because it feels like he's going to fit in somewhere in the rotation, but I don't, I don't know where that, where that is. And I'm not saying necessarily a starter, but, like, a, a guy that's, that's quick in, into the game. Um, so I thought that was interesting, just the, the mindset of a young guy who – I thought he was like this as a recruit, too, even though he was a big-time four-star prospect. Uh, highly rated he he never really made too big a deal about that himself or or was going to rest on his laurels and he seems to have that same mentality here so um, he's 295 pounds he'd like to get to about 305 to 310 eventually that might take a little time but he's pretty happy with where he's at so that was that was sort of it with him too it wasn't like he was going to make any bold uh, predictions at this point I think this was his first media session with us yeah I thought it overall was uh, pretty good, pretty good from uh, from Monday. I I haven't listened to the Travis Vokalek audio, but obviously the big takeaway there is he uh, he has a mullet. The tight end room is going to just continue to have one guy with a mullet, and this year it's Travis Vokalek. Memory of Stoll. In yeah, he's carrying the torch, the mullet That's torch. That's good. And we can tie that all the way back to Cam Smith with the Masters, who. Uh, if you wanted to bet on a guy of a mullet, that would be your guy. <laughs> so, you know, he's coming full circle there. All right, let's 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 take a break. We'll come back. We'll get into a little recruiting. Nebraska picked up a couple commitments last week. I know you're shocked. I know you're stunned, but it did happen. We're going to dive into Victor Jones, Ben Bramer, uh, and a little bit more here on the Husker 24-7 podcast. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. And I said we were going to get into some recruiting, so let's do it. Nebraska picked up two commitments last week, both on the offensive side of the ball. One, a 2022 recruit in Victor Jones Jr. Bit of a uh, bit of a Florida special, I think is how I would describe it. Nebraska kind of has a knack for early in a cycle, getting some of these kids to commit from Florida, whether it was Willie Hampton way back in the day. Now you've got uh, Patrick Payton last year, though he didn't stick. And then, of course, Victor Jones. And and these guys, they don't talk a lot. They don't talk a lot about Nebraska. And then all of a sudden they end up committed to Nebraska. Victor Jones, six foot two, 190-pound wide receiver. He has a personal best brunts, I believe, in the 100, 10.96. Is that right? uh yeah that's right uh eight six i thought 
Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, yeah, I, it happened over the weekend. I think you threw it up on this site. Yeah. Um, and so he is a guy that he views himself as a bit of a deep threat. I know Andrew Ivins had a nice rundown with his trainer, his seven-on-seven coach, and his, his high school coach. This is someone that, you know, wants to, to outwork everyone. He's going to go out and go get the ball. He's not afraid to, to go up and get it. He's certainly not afraid to go down the field and get it. And so I, he kind of fits what we've seen with Nebraska's wide receivers a little bit here, you know, between Kamonte Grimes, Latrell Neville, Sean Hardy. They're all about 6'1 or bigger, uh, guys that are stronger. I mean, we've seen Nebraska kind of flip that wide receiver room. I think Victor Jones fits that pretty well. And then the other commitment, Nebraska got Ben Bramer, 2023 tight end at a Pierce. He is uh, – there's a lot of excitement about him locally. I mean, this is a guy that, that Steve Warren trained Thomas Fedoni at the same age. He is now training Ben Bramer. He thinks Bramer is a little bit further along, and that's some pretty big talk for a guy that, uh, you know, Fedoni was the number one tight end in the country by the time he was done. Now, Bramer's certainly going to have to continue pushing himself to get anywhere near those numbers, but he runs pretty well for 6'6". Uh, 190 pounds or whatever he is, I think at this point. BC, do you know off the top of your head? I, I, I don't know. He, I mean, he does. He does have a. He's kind of, kind of got a skinny frame right now, right. so he's gonna have to. Well, he's, a, it up. he's a high school wide receiver that's yeah. gonna be a tight end. Yeah, so he's yeah. he's six six one ninety. I've seen him at uh, the Warren Academy at camp, and he, he has a big catching radius. That was the first thing that that stood out to me. He's also a very smooth catcher. Uh, which is a weird thing to, to try to describe to people, but some guys are not particularly adept. You know, they're able to get their hands to the ball and they can secure it, but it's not like a, it's a lot of effort, a lot of work. I mean, he just, he just trapped it. Like it's just a, it's a smooth, easy catch for him. He's got the big hands. He runs, like I said, pretty well for his size. And of course, being from Pierce, that's going to, and a tight end, that's going to evoke conversation of Matt Harrion. And, and Matt Harrion is still a popular popular tight end over the last 20 years or so people remember him from those Frank Solich teams in the early 2000s and I think he played for Bill Callahan as well at the end there so it is uh it's a nice pickup for Nebraska in 2023 obviously they have their in-state issues right now but uh good for the Huskers to get on the board and not a big surprise with Ben Bramer I think once that offer was made it was pretty well thought Nebraska would end up with him and I, I think it took just a little more than a month uh, from the time the offer went out to to when he committed any initial thoughts Brunts or Brian yeah it, it's uh it's funny like you have you know as, as Nebraska seems to be moving towards you know trying to feature the tight end more this is kind of like, you know, a, a really Nebraska is turning into a very good area for finding tight end talent. And I, I saw some clips of, of Bramer running routes and, and catching the ball. And I agree with you. He, he looks fluid for a kid that size. Um, you can tell, you know, he's a, you know, not just a football player. I think he plays, he's a four sport kid, right? Like I, I think he plays baseball and basketball. So yeah, he's um, just a straight up athlete. Yeah, and in a like that, I mean, he's such an advantage. He has to basically play everything. Yeah, so I mean, it, I, I think there's a lot you you can like about that commitment. It's nice too that you, you kind of get that one wrapped up early because I, I think he was a kid that you know he had Iowa State, Nebraska. I think he probably would have seen 
you know, some other regional teams trying to jump in there, like a Minnesota, Iowa, something like that, K-State maybe, uh, to try to make that a little more interesting. So, I mean, it's, you know, Nebraska's got work to do in 2022, but it actually feels like they've, they've got a pretty good start to that 2023 class with some of the in-state guys they've offered, some of the guys they're recruiting, and kind of where some of those things stand, even though you, you, none of those guys have, you know, really been able to be evaluated or make visits. Yeah. No, it's that 2023 group, Maverick Noonan, um, uh, Tuyote's kid. I, I mean, for as much talk as there is about what Nebraska isn't going to get in 2022, they're in pretty good shape with the remaining couple guys they've offered. And then there's going to be uh, Gatula, Gunner Gatula out of Lincoln Southeast, where I, I expect Nebraska is going to end up making that offer is six foot five, six foot six offensive lineman right here in Lincoln that's a pretty good player held up well against Elkhorn South and the aforementioned Noonan and, and Tim Hoska. So uh I you know in the future Nebraska looks pretty good in terms of the in-state recruiting where that's going to sit. Um obviously you know 2022 isn't going to be a banner year in that regard. One of the things jumping back to Victor Jones, how many wide receivers do you think Nebraska could take in this class? So they took Quite a few. They took three last year. They took five the year before. They took several more the year before that. Some of these guys have already left. Do you do you think they could take three more in this class, or do you think it could Victor Jones and maybe the next guy who wants to in, and then they're done? I think they could take three because uh, especially – I don't want to say anyone's going out the door, but there are some guys over there where it's, it's uh, definitely – talk about make or break – um, you know, are you going to have the same numbers scholarship wise, uh, that you have right now with some guys? I don't, I'm not convinced of that. So I, I think three could make sense. Um, but it also sort of depends, you know, it's, it's almost hard for me to guess that anymore because the, the way they, they get tight ends who they're going to use as receivers. And, you know, there's sort of like blurred lines there about who's what, and so that, that were, that's where it becomes a little difficult. But I think three is a good guess for a number. It'll be, I'll, I'll be curious if they – I mean, Nebraska has been linked recently to a couple wide receivers in, in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. And if they, you know, if they go that route and find a younger guy, I do wonder if that ultimately affects you know, what they do with the rest yeah. of that class. Yeah. But, I mean, I think Brian's right. I mean, I, I think you're going to see – some of that thin out um, from that group. But then again, I mean, you've got some guys that you feel pretty good about that are, you know, younger walk-on type guys like a Ty Han um, that that really doesn't get talked about all that much, um, you know, could could potentially kind of fill in some gaps there too. So, I mean, I I, I could see where maybe you go up to three for the right guy, um, but, you know, it's just – I don't know what you guys think, but with the – the way that, you know, kind of the free year gummed everything up on depth charts and rosters, I, I think uh, you might be seeing a little bit more movement than you would otherwise because of that. Yeah, Ty Han's a good name to mention because we – I don't mention him enough. And they also like Wyatt uh, – I never know how to pronounce his last name. Lure? Is that how it – Lever. Lever. They, I mean, I know Frost likes him a lot, and he tested through, he tested really well, I guess, uh, in the winter conditioning and stuff. So – I mean, he's another walk-on guy that was already playing. Is going to play even more, I think, going forward. Don't forget, you get Oliver Martin for a couple of years. 
Yeah. That all it, I, Oliver Martin, I think, has been – if you talk about, like, top three or four names that have popped, popped up in the first week of spring ball, I think he belongs on that list. It feels like he – he's really going to be a guy who, who matters a lot. I think. I agree. I, I thought we saw him come on a little bit at the end of last year. I expect him to be one of Nebraska's four best receivers this year, assuming he's healthy. That's all I got to say. Uh, do we brunch? Can we hit on a little baseball before we go? Uh, I mean, we can do it today. We can do it on Thursday. You guys' call. Yeah, let's save it. Let's save it. Nebraska baseball is number one. Nebraska basketball got a commitment, though. What can you tell us about the country of Lithuania? The the country specifically of, of Lithuania? Um, not much. Um, can you name any Lithuanian basketball players? Well, I mean, Nebraska's recent commitment, Oleg I, – I, I'm going to butcher this horribly, um, but is it – Cajonets. Um, anyways, uh, seven foot, 215 pound post 2021 class, three-star center, um, a, a guy that, you know, has played internationally for Lithuania's dad, uh, played at UNC Wilmington, uh, mom played basketball there too. So the, the, the bloodlines are certainly there, but, um, probably, uh, a little bit more of a, a little bit more of a longer runway for him to kind of get used to American style basketball. He didn't really play much in the States uh, in Ohio when he came over, but um, you know, a, a guy that's got length, I think he's got some skill around the basket. He's going to have to put on weight, but you know, I, I, to me, it, it feels a little bit like Eduardo Andre from the standpoint of a guy that, you know, in the spring when he committed, you were expecting, okay, this guy is going to need some time. Um, and then kind of surprises a little bit with the skill. I mean, maybe that's what uh, is going on here, but, um, you know, not, not really a surprise commitment, but, um, you know, Nebraska's got spots to fill. And, you know, if they want to add guys like this, um, you know, I, I think they can develop them and, uh, you know, maybe get something out of them down the line a little bit. So uh, still two open scholarships. I wouldn't be surprised if a third one opens up. Um, so, so still plenty of, transfer portal action happening now that there's like a gazillion guys in the NCAA transfer portal right now. Would you say he's Arvidas Sabonis like? Uh, Lithuanian. Lithuanian great. I don't yeah, know. I was that... gonna say, that's the best player to ever come out of Lithuania. Were you Googling it as well? No, I was talking about this with people at the, uh, at the <laughs> practice. I didn't know that he played for Lithuania for a bronze medal team in 92 and 96 because I – in my head, I just think of him with USSR, but obviously that didn't exist in 92 and 96. Uh, no. Zadrina Z- Solgowskis, uh, also from Lithuania. I, I, so, feel like, I feel like we might want to pump the brakes a little bit with those comparisons. I don't, I don't, I've not seen him play, so, you know, maybe. But, so, uh, so you're down on this prospect is what you're saying. How do you feel about Linus Brunts? <laughs> How do I feel about him? <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I remember watching him play a little bit, uh, rolling through the, the Devaney Center. Yeah, he was over in Missouri. Yeah, yeah. He's all right. He helped lead him to, like, a, a medal in the, the FIBA World Basketball Championships over the U.S. He, he had a decent little uh, 
run in the NBA too, didn't he? Yeah, with the Nuggets. Yeah. Which guy are we talking about? Linus Kleiza. Oh, okay. Those are I Kleiza and, and Sabonis are the only two Lithuanians I could name. That was it. Yeah. Uh, get me to Croatian, I could do some damage maybe, but Wow. That's not right. Chris Doverson actually stands for big Croatian. That's what Kle- BC Kleiza played seven years in the pros. Tony Kukos. In, in NBA. <laughs> And in uh, case, according to basketball reference, Linus Kleiser's um, nickname was Linus the Menace, hmm. which I, I don't recall that being the case. Well, that's something. Yeah. They, if you stuck around the podcast long enough, you learned something. Yeah. Right. I, I've moved on to Croatia NBA, guys, so we better move, we better just move it along. Yeah, let's just, uh, let's just end this podcast, and then we'll, uh, we'll pick it up next or not next, but we'll pick it up Thursday. We'll, we'll dive into a little baseball on Thursday, a little more football. Um, you guys want to make your Masters pick now, or do you want to do it Thursday's show? Uh, you now? You're on Fino. I'll go DJ again. I'll go. I'll go uh, back so to back. Boring. So boring. <laughs> I'm gonna go Patrick Cantlay. I'm just gonna ride or die. Every year, I'm just gonna take him. Eventually, he'll win. It's uh, it's pronounced Koyanitz, by the way. Oh, Ola Ko- Koyanitz. Koyanitz. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. See, people are learning. Yep. That's why they stuck around. Gambling advice and pronunciation. That's what we do. All right, you can check out all of our stuff and all of our Lithuanian basketball thoughts at Husker twenty four seven. We will have plenty of things going on. You guys are going to see a little football action in person tomorrow at practice, right? That's true. We'll have some observations on the site and pictures and video and all that stuff. Yeah, that'll be good. So be sure to check that out on Wednesday. I don't know what time this podcast is going to post, so maybe early already be up. But you can look forward to that. We will be back on Thursday. Have a good one. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.